Right. Well, good afternoon. We're thankful that you're with us this afternoon and a chance to study God's Word together. We talked this morning about being distracted and striving not to be uh, distracted. And I have stepped down on the floor often on Sunday afternoon to uh, try to, uh, we joked about sleeping as well this morning, all that. I usually don't like to wear my coat either, but many of you saw me at lunch and I'm covered in makeup uh, from hugging people this morning. Thought that might be a little distracting, but I was sitting here noticing as well, even this morning I was being dive bombed by ladybugs up here, so that's a little distracting. So uh, if we're just being honest, then uh, of course, as, as appreciate Don's prayer very much. Uh, just an emotional day, and, and we appreciate your kind words uh, on our behalf and, and to us, and we look forward to uh, being able to continue in the relationships we've built here, even if there's a little separation. And so in thinking of the lesson this afternoon, uh, I thought, you know, I could go through the maps in the back of the Bible. You know, that might be a bit of a distraction. We could talk about the Greek alphabet. Uh, that might be something we could do in one uh, last lesson here. But uh, instead, I thought we'll just lean into, you know, uh, the, uh, the emotion of the afternoon and just the, um, the time that we can spend together. And so I thought about sharing some lessons that are learned. And so in the spirit of that, I've got seven that have absolutely nothing to do with the Bible. All right, we'll kind of go through those. Uh, but then three or four that hopefully we'll take a little bit of scriptural uh, thinking from. But I um, thought that would be uh, beneficial for us. So some th lessons that uh, we have learned, some lessons that I have learned uh, in the five and a half years that we've been here. Uh, number one, uh, pretty early on I realized I should have changed my last name to Elliot and I probably could have got a lot more done around here, right? Or maybe Williamson or there were several others. Uh, but the I, I, all these are a little tongue-in-cheek uh, but I might have had a benefit, you know, been walking around Saudi Daisy and say that I, I'm related to the Elliots. Uh, but in less tongue-in-cheek and a little more serious, um, we have appreciated getting to know the congregation and learning about the history. Uh, that I was handed a, uh, several, um, several of the old directories, uh, which are always fun to look through as well, as much as people change over the years, uh, but also just to think about the, the folks that have come and gone, uh, the folks that have been a part of this congregation. Of course, you have some plaques in here. You've got the 100-year history and those kinds of things that are, are shared through. And to get to know a lot of the folks that had, had a big part in beginning this congregation uh, was, was very encouraging. And so we joke about the family ties for a lot of folks and, uh, of course, uh, Duck and Barbara and so many that, that we have come to love and, and the families that have been a part of the good congregation here. Uh, number two, you need to make sure in the job description that the preacher's wife has a role in keeping an eye and an ear on Debbie during game night. Um, Hannah learned that pretty quickly. Uh, Sylvia and I talked about that when I visited with her recently. Uh, Hannah didn't know that when she signed up, so that was part of the deal. But uh, within the first game night, you learned that if Debbie's playing, uh, you need to keep an eye on her and make sure that, uh, that things are going smoothly because Debbie gets a little serious. Uh, and both uh, her play and in her words when it comes to, uh, to game night on, on those kinds of things. Um, you know, I mentioned this when I read uh, my letter a couple of weeks ago uh, when we made the announcement, but uh, it is, and I'm getting attacked now here, so uh, it is kind of weird to think about how much life changed uh, during our time here when we went through the pandemic uh, and some things that probably were, uh, you know, a little more harmful or hurtful and the things that came along with that, but a lot of good that came from it too. Uh, sadly, we kind of had fallen away with our game nights a little bit, but man, what an encouraging thing um, that we had been a part of and it was fun to, to sit and to laugh and that's kind of uh, the theme of a little bit of this. Uh, number three, I guess, you cannot outwork some people. And, of course, I could have added a lot of names here, but Gary and Sandra Grove and uh, James and Catherine Isom and, again, many others, uh, we learned the lesson pretty soon that Gary and Sandra can move clothing 
they should have started a clothing store. Uh, that had a lot more to do with the, the uh, community giveaways and those kinds of things. But the first one that we got to be a part of when we really went downtown uh, for the downtown giveaway, um, you know, that truck is loaded up and it was moved and Gary and Sandra had their role and they knew exactly what to do. Uh, some of you may not recall, but the first Sunday that I, after accepting the job and preached here, uh, Catherine Isom was working so hard in the kitchen, she fell and hurt her hip and had to have the ambulance called. Uh, and I will never forget, I wasn't sure if Miss Brenda was here or not, but it was Son. I was in line as first day as the preacher trying to get my food, going through the line, and Son was the one that came back to me and said, you might want to go in the kitchen. I think somebody's fallen in there. And it was Catherine who had fallen and hurt her hip, and we had to call the ambulance to try to help her. I think Brian and Corey have a great story about uh, her being on top of cabinets at their house when they moved to this area. Um, but the work that's put, done by this congregation is uh, very encouraging, and I hope continues. I know that it will uh, because it is uh, light to so many who you know are trying to see the good and to find a congregation to work with. There are a lot of folks who will accomplish a lot of good, th uh, good things. This one speaks for itself. <clears throat> I, have, I did talk to Jerry yesterday morning, so I want to be clear about this. I have exchanged messages with Judy. Uh, but one of our dear memories will be not long after COVID, we, we decided to have another game night, and it wasn't, you know, well attended. There weren't as many as we used to have. I think Gary and Sandra were there. There were a few others that were there. But if you can ever get Jerry and Judy together and talking about their, their life, it is some of the funnest moments you can have. I, we made Judy cry that night. She was laughing so hard uh, about telling stories about Jerry and things she had done. And if I remember correctly, I got sat with them our very first Sunday, and Hannah thought I'd given up my Social Security number and credit card information to Judy because of all the questions she asked um, and, uh, you know, about everything about our family. And so... Uh, we learned then that uh, the Jerry and Judy show needs a camera on it because I don't think there is one, uh, and we, we would ben benefit from that greatly. Uh, I always learned that Charles always gets the last laugh, and that's going to happen again this afternoon, I'm afraid, so I'm not going to badmouth him at all. But I can remember two or three times where I'd made a joke or I'd said something at the start of the sermon, and then I had to come down, and Charles had to do the closing song, and he always gets the last laugh, and that may be the case as well today. Uh, kind of in connection with that, um, I learned that one of the best sounds in the world is when Tom Levi gets really, really tickled at something. And some of you were there uh, not maybe less than a month after we started having lunch, uh, doing lunch one day. We were talking about the benefit of that, how wonderful it was to stay and be together, uh, that Tom told a joke uh, to us, but he got so tickled that the whole room stopped. And it required Gary to get up and tell the joke again. Uh, so everybody would understand why Tom was about to have a heart attack. He was laughing so hard and crying. Um, but I always tell as well that I'm thankful for the elders and their willingness to uh, do that, to try that. I mean, it's been a benefit. But um, that very first Sunday, I remember that we did it. A lot of, we were sitting at about three or four tables. And everybody kind of opened their chairs up as best they could and, and just kind of accidentally got in a circle and started talking and laughing, having a good time. And those are the kind of things that, you know, that don't change when you think about people and laughter and fun together. And so I, I'm, I'm thankful for that. Um, there were honorable mentions, by the way, you know, it was hard to pick out just a few names or people that have really we've learned lessons from. Um, I could go on all afternoon. I wanted to say that, uh, you know, I learned that you need to get some, you've seen these memes before, get you somebody that does this the way that 
you know, somebody does that or whatever. I wanted to make one that said, you know, get you somebody that loves you as much as Heath Holland loves his dogs and has taken care of his dogs. I learned that lesson, uh, how much the Hollands love their animals. If you've ever heard Heath's stories about their dogs and how much. So you need to find you somebody in your life that loves, loves you like Heath and Lisa and their families love their dogs. I know that you'll need somebody to be a Travis interpreter from now on that can re, uh, share what Travis is saying. It's often confusing when you're talking to Travis. Um, uh, I, you need somebody who can explain what he means when he uses when he calls Brian Brain uh, and other things like that. Every, uh, folks are going, who's he talking about? Who's named Brain? No, it's Brian. You need a Travis interpreter. Uh, but finally, uh, before we get into a few serious things, um, you know, I've learned a lot about kindness. And again, we could spend all afternoon mentioning families and names. Um, I did talk with Sylvia a few weeks ago about the kindness that they showed to us, uh, not only on our tryout day, but as we made that transition. Uh, and many of you have shown us uh, a lot of kindness as well, and we are very thankful for that. Um, I listened to a preacher the other day who was talking about transitions. I was seeking out uh, some encouragement and thought about that, and he talked about one congregation he had been with where his kids had grown up. And, uh, of course, that struck a, a chord with me because our kids have, have grown up here in a lot of ways, and we appreciate your love and kindness towards them. I have three lessons that I want to share, but I, include, I need to include a, a 1A before we get to number one, uh, and that is that laughter truly is the best medicine. I hope that um, we have done that here. We've tried to include some laughter in things. I think that's biblical. Joy is certainly in the Bible, and I hope, appreciate the uh, congregation here and the, the laughter and the fun and, and the fun that we could have together, and uh, that is certainly a, a great lesson. Uh, three things that I can think to share with you that I've learned from here as we think about the Bible. Uh, number one, the greatest of these is love. If you have your Bible, we'll turn to a few passages. Of course, this one is found in 1 Corinthians 13, 13. As you think about the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, 13. As Paul writes, uh, now abide faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. If I want to be true to myself and to you to the end here, uh, I have preached and preached and preached context, 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 and I know that context here is not necessarily about the point that I am making. Uh, it's still a great phrase to say that the greatest of these is love. Of course, Paul is talking about love. He's also talking about uh, spiritual gifts here and that kind of thing, um, but the understanding that love is what helps us get through this life, the love that we have for one another, um, and the common love that we share, which we'll come back to in just a few moments, uh, is important. That's not the context here, but it is uh, such an encouragement as we think about the characteristics that a congregation needs to have, even going back up to verses 4 through 7, uh, that love suffers long and is kind, does not envy, does not parade itself, is not puffed up, and so on and so forth. I heard a preacher not too long ago share this, and I don't know if you have this note in your Bible, but it was a good one that I added to mine. Did you ever realize that in verses 4 through 7, that when we're talking about the characteristics of love, that it begins with patience, right there at verse number 4, love suffers long. What's Paul talking about? He's talking about patience. Go to the end of verse number 7, and notice there, the last thing that's written about love is that it endures all things. Verse 4 begins with love, verse 7 ends with love, or excuse me, patience, sorry, begins and ends with patience. Love, if we are trying to practice true biblical love, has to have patience as a part of that. I also included that in this lesson here that I hope that you will, a lesson I've learned here is patience. We think about Galatians chapter 5, of course, as Paul is writing about the fruit of the Spirit, and he begins in verse 22 that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, or long-suffering kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. 
I learned about patience. Now, of course, if I say that, that could be taken the wrong way. I don't mean that I had to have patience with you, but that you had to have patience with us. We have to have patience with people sometimes. We have to learn to work together, go through things. We have to have patience with decisions that are made, uh, with the elders as they're working and trying to decide what the best thing is. Love is great. Love is the greatest of all in one sense. Of course, Paul is talking about there, back to 1 Corinthians 13, that faith and hope won't be needed, right? As we think about getting to heaven, you won't need faith anymore. You won't have to have belief because we will be with God. You won't need hope anymore because you'll have recognized that. But the greatest of these is love. May we strive to practice love in our relationships, and included with that, as we notice from verses 4 and 7, that we have patience with one another, patience in the things that we're going through, I hope that you will keep both that love and patience as a part of your life. If you do that, then no matter what happens, we can make it through. It may take some trials. It may take some struggles. Again, appreciate Don mentioning that in his prayer, that those things are there for our benefit, even though they often hurt. But pain can be good when we learn from it and we allow it to make us better. And if we keep our love for God first, our love for each other, the true biblical love second, then we can make it through a lot of things in this life. The second lesson is called I See It. This won't make sense to you, but this was a late addition to my, um, to my lessons. I didn't re- originally have this in until just uh, not too long ago, but you may be asking yourself, what do you see? Well, in our family, our kids created this game, and this is not the best picture, but it's, the be- it's one that I had saved in my photos from when I had tried to do something before to make a little, a little video. At one time, I had taken one, but my family, in the route that we would take from Dunlap, would come down the mountain, of course, back here, and we would round that big bend, right, coming towards Chattanooga and Soddy Daisy, and as soon as we cleared the overpasses there, for those folks who are headed towards Dayton, our kids would race to scream who could see the church building first, right? Now, usually Hannah's not paying any attention, and it scares her, and then we start fussing in the car, because all of a sudden, at least three, if not sometimes four kids yell, I see it, I see it, and they all race. And then they fuss about who actually said it first and who got it first, and then somebody who was last would be wise enough to say, well, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. And so that's how you settle that argument. So uh, I had wanted to turn that into a lesson a while back, and I had never done it, Uh, Because I thought that there's something in that joke and that kind of game that that we would play in doing that. But there's something in a lesson there about seeing the church. Now, we know the church is not the building. We've talked about that many times before. The building is not the church. The church is not the building. But there's something to be said about when we think about seeing the church. I've also shared with you, too, that uh, many times folks would ask me if I mentioned, they'd say, you know, maybe I meet somebody, say, what do you do? And I tell them, minister, and, and tell them with the Saudi church. And sometimes folks would say, is that the one on the hill right there? You know, is that the one by the water? I see it. I see it. If you have your Bibles, turn to the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5. You should know the church when you see it. I know the sign, the, the church building has a sign. I know people recognize that. Uh, And that's the benefit of the congregation here. But what is Jesus saying in Matthew chapter 5, beginning in, in verse number 13? Right there towards the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, he says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. 
I think the mindset of Jesus here is that when you see someone, or maybe better, apt, more apt for us here, when someone sees you, people ought to be able to say, I see it. I see it among that person. I could tell a difference in them. We mentioned it this morning. We mentioned it Wednesday night. But when it comes to the new birth, that's exactly the mindset. We can't see the forgiveness and the things that take place on the inside, the works that are done by God. But we should absolutely, without a doubt, on the outside, see a change in someone. Maybe someone is living a good life, and that's understandable. But maybe they've never attended services of the church, and they should start doing that as they make that commitment. Maybe it's something else in their life. Maybe they were a, a bad person. Maybe they were a scoundrel. And now they start changing, and people say, wait a minute, I see something different. I see something about them. Can people tell when they meet a member of the Saudi Church of Christ? Now, I need to say here that I don't think the answer is no. I'm in no way trying to, to condemn anybody or say that's not true, but it is a challenging thought. Can someone tell about you that you are a Christ follower, even more maybe than just a member of the Saudi church? I don't think the answer is no, but we must work to keep it that way. To be sure that when people see us, they can say, I see it. I see what it means to be a Christian, to be a light into the world, to be the salt of the earth. And hopefully that is the kind of mindset and the kind of attitude that we put forth. Third and finally here before we conclude with one more thought. I've always heard this since I was a youth intern in the summer. If you're still there, Matthew chapter 5, you can just turn a page maybe over to Matthew chapter 6. But I heard a youth minister one time share this, the idea of keeping the main thing the main thing. And that's a lesson that, that I've learned here, a lesson that I hope to leave with you. The truth of the matter is, is that people come and people go. That's just the case. I'm not even talking about a minister or anybody in particular. We've been here several years now, and you know what's happened? Some people have died. Sad, but it's true. Some people have passed away. Some people have left. Maybe they've moved on for various reasons to different congregations. And we've thought many times about the fact that there are so many folks from this congregation that we never even knew from our family. We would hear stories about so many folks that, that you know, the fun that was had and, and folks that had passed away that we never even knew. So the fact of the matter is, is that people come and people go. And that's just kind of the way of life. But the goal remains the same. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, Jesus says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. You see, this is really an extension of this morning's lesson to some degree when we talk about distractions. If you opened up to that section, you know going back to verse 25 that what Jesus is saying here in this particular part is, Do not worry. Do not get caught up in all those things. Do not be distracted by all the trivial things of this life. But preacher, the, the food on my table is important. Paying the bills is important. Making sure my family is taken care of is important. It is. I'm not suggesting that those things shouldn't be taken care of or that we shouldn't try to make provisions to live this life. But that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about worry. When we think about worry, he goes through all of these great comments about the birds of the air about not even helping ourselves grow. We cannot even change our, our mindset. We cannot change our body because we're worrying about things. And then verse 33, did you ever think about why it starts that way? As we've tried to encourage each other to read the Bible more carefully, but well, what's the contrast? In opposite of those things of that worry, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Keep the main thing the main thing. For you adults, I don't have to tell you, but it's probably going to get worse in the next six to eight months in this country, right? Worrying about lots of things that are going on. If we're just being honest, 
It's going to get worse. Worrying about politics, worrying about elections, worrying about our country. Thankfully, we have an opportunity to be involved, and we are concerned about those things. I'm not trying to make light of it, but it will get pretty heavy as we think about all the things that are going on around us. I hope that you are encouraged to be involved. I hope that you're informed. I hope that you can make a decision and participate in the freedoms we have here. But I also hope that you'll keep the main thing the main thing, understanding that our citizenship is in heaven and that, yes, while we're living here, we should have an opportunity to be involved in those things. But we need to remember that while the world around us changes, the goal remains the same. Be salt and be light. That should be what we strive to be. And as things change and transitions happen and our, our lives change, and again, even people sometimes come and go, we need to keep the main thing the main thing. One of the best things about a congregation is, is that it's made up of individuals. We come together in differences, we come together in struggles and in trials, and we strive to work together to make it the best we can be. To be the city that's set on a hill, a light and salt. And we can do that as long as we take care of ourselves and that we make sure that we're lined up with the Word of God. We are active, alert, and committed, and we can encourage others to do the same. Of course, the one thing that my mind kept coming back to time and time again is the song, A Common Love. And I put the, the music up there. You can't make the words out, but you probably know it by heart. Uh, this is one that had become Campbell's favorite to lead as he thought about singing service or at last leaders being involved with that. Um, but again, one reminder, a common love for each other, a common gift to the Savior, a common bond holding us to the Lord, a common strength when we're weary, a common hope for tomorrow, a common joy in the truth of God's word. I feel like a lot of those things we've already talked about today. I feel like we've already tried to emphasize God's word. We've already talked about working together. And the beauty of that song, because it's had a special place in my life as well, Fried Hardeman has sung it for many years at the conclusion of Making Music, the spring production that they have. My dad was a part of that, and Hannah and I were a part of that. Uh, and we continue to get to go back and enjoy that production and that show. But they would conclude each time with singing A Common Love. And so for my life, this song has been important to me, and I hope that it's important to you. When we think about a common, whatever it might be, uh, did you know I think there's at least one other verse that we don't usually sing? I think there might even be three in some, some occasions if you maybe look up different, uh, different ways to look at this song. But we could fill in the blank with whatever we want, but the point is that it's common. Those people in the book of Acts, they had things in common. Now, that's possessions as they were working together and sharing in those possessions. But you better believe it was built on more than who had the most possessions or who could bring the most or that kind of thing. It was built upon a common love and a common hope. If we're built upon that, then we can do whatever we want to do. We can, we can accomplish so many things, even individually and then collectively as congregations. We can do all kinds of great things because we share in the commonality. And you can go, and I know that we've uh, joked with Gary and Sandra about being gone and coming back, and others of you, when you take vacation, I have suggested before that if you go on vacation, you're more than welcome to tune in the live stream for Saudi and for other places you can do that. That's a great thing. But visit somewhere if you can. Find a congregation, because what you find is a common love. You find a common hope. And you never know when you meet somebody that they might have known somebody that lived in Saudi Daisy or in Chattanooga. And you make a connection. You make a connection based on the city, but more on the fact that you've come together to worship God and to share in that moment in a worship service maybe somewhere. That common bond, that common love goes beyond so many things when we think about the differences in our life. And it encourages us to keep working and keep pressing on. The song that we're about to sing in just a moment is Trust and Obey. When we think about the 
common hope and common love and common bond that we share, it's based upon the fact that we have a God who loves us, that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that God desires that all men come to repentance. And we can preach that message not only as we go through our lives, but even in moments like this. We conclude the service with offering the invitation because it's that important if we can give someone a chance to become a Christian that we would take just a moment to do that. If you're here this afternoon and you've never obeyed the gospel, we encourage you to make that consideration, to think about putting Christ on in baptism, allowing his blood to wash away your sins so that you can be added to the church and enjoy the benefits of being a part of God's people, of God's family. Maybe you're here and you've done that and you've enjoyed that. And I really think that a lot of times when we fall away from that, it, it's, it's weakness, it's struggles. Because somebody says, why would you ever turn away from that? Well, sin gets a hold of us and we fall short and we miss the mark. It's just the way we go because we're human, we're fleshly creatures here and we struggle with those kinds of things. We're thankful to serve a God who loved us enough to send his only begotten son, but to be sure that we can be faithful to him. And we can do our best to live that way each and every day. If you're here as a child of God and you've wandered away, we're thankful again for this chance for you to make your life right. We hope that you would, would consider doing that so that you can leave without the fear and worry in your heart and mind. But you can leave and go forth being active, alert, and committed. Being someone who is taking that common love and that, that love for the lost out to those others. But it takes starting individually. If you're here and you need to make a change, we sing to encourage you even as we stand together.